Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So I've been um, doing a bit of a study recently on um, going on a journey with God. Um, And it's really impressed me how different it is to walk with God um, as opposed to just living a Christian life. So that is what I wanted to share with you today, just some of my thoughts on walking with God and hoping that that would encourage you in some way to um, just start on a new adventure perhaps in your spiritual walk and in your spiritual life. So I wanted to start by looking at two people um, in the Bible that the Bible specifically says walked with God. And the Bible commends them um, and, and just makes them that little bit more special. And I wanted to see what we could pick out from their lives. And the first one um, is a man called Enoch. And he's mentioned in Genesis chapter 5. And in verse 21 it says, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived for 365 years. Enoch walked with God and then he was no more because God took him away. Now this is an incredible scripture. It's not, this is not said about anybody else in the Bible, but Enoch lived and he did not die. It says God just took him away and he walked with God. Now this couple of verses is in the middle of a bit of a genealogy. Enoch is seventh in line after Adam. And in all the other people, it talks about them living and dying. For example, Enosh lived 90 years, became the father of Kenan, um, had sons and daughters, and then he died. Kenan lived 70 years, and he became father to Mahalalel, or whatever his name is, and he lived 840 years, and then he died. And with each person, it says this person lived, he had sons and daughters, and he died. He lived, he had sons and daughters, and he died. But with Enoch, it says... He lived for 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God. So there was something different about Enoch. He didn't just live and die. And Hebrews 11, I'll come to that later actually, let's um, look at Noah, because Noah is also mentioned specifically in chapter 6 verse 9, it says, this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. And he had three sons, etc., etc. So out of all the people that are mentioned and lived and died, Enoch and Noah were specifically spoken about as having walked with God. Now, Enoch didn't die a physical death. He was taken. Noah, we know what Noah God used Noah to do an amazing thing, which I'll talk about a bit later. These were special people. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it gives us a little bit more insight on them. Hebrews 11 talks about all those great people of faith um, in the Bible. And in verse 5, it says, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. And then this is the important bit. 
For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Enoch walked with God and he pleased God. And then in verse 7, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, when it says here he condemned the world, he didn't go around preaching condemnation against people, but his faith showed the world a different way. And that was his walking with God. The lives of these men were a powerful contrast to their peers of their time. They didn't just live ordinary lives. They walked with God. So what does that mean? What does it mean to walk with God? There's a scripture in Amos chapter 3 that gives us a little bit of insight into this. It says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Can two go in the same direction unless they have agreed to do so? The Message Bible says, do two people walk hand in hand if they're not going to the same place? If we are not in agreement with someone, we can't go on the same journey as them. They will go their way and we will go our way. So walking with God is about coming into agreement with Him. Now we have two choices. We can either agree with God or we can agree with the world. And generally, in most cases, the world's opinions are different to God's opinions. Um, how many of you have watched Downton Abbey? I resisted it for such a long time because, um, oh, it, you know, so many people said how wonderful it was, and recently I've got hooked. <laughs> and, you know, it's talking about life in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and everything was so much more proper. And I've been watching this and realizing how far we've come as a society and how different life is today. And I have been accused of being old-fashioned in some of my thoughts and beliefs. Now, the person who accused me of that didn't mean it as a compliment, but I took it as a compliment because I want to walk according to the principles that God laid down in his Bible thousands of years ago. And if that makes me old-fashioned, that's okay, because I'm walking with God. So do we agree with God or do we agree with the world? And I want to implore you with every fiber of my being, when you are making decisions for life, when you are thinking about the pathway that you should take, the direction that you should go, please don't make your decisions based on other people's opinions. Unless you know that their opinions are in agreement with God and with his word. It's so easy in life now to be walking around saying, shall I do this, shall I do that? And people talk to us and people give us advice and people give us wisdom and we go with what feels right, where in fact we need to be going with what comes into agreement with God's word, which is truth. 
Can I say something really profound now? Are you really for, ready for a moment of huge profoundness? If you've got a notebook, you need to write this down. Truth is always true. That's it. Truth is always true. Whether you believe it or not, whether the world believes it or not, truth, the truth in God's word was true when it was written and it is still true today and it will still be true for the next millennium. Truth is always true. And if we want to walk with God, we need to come into an agreement, into agreement with that truth and walk in that truth. Good decisions always agree with God's word. There's so much out there, particularly in the area of health and well-being and mental health, um, you know, becoming a success in life. There is so much out there. There are so many different programs, so many different things to try. But friends, I want to encourage you, research everything that you take into your life and check whether it is coming in line with the Word of God. Don't allow anything into your life that might take you away from what His Word says. There are great people spoken about in the Bible that fell because of their alliance with people who didn't agree with God. One of the main ones was King Solomon who had all those wives and concubines that, that he took from all sorts of nations and all sorts of religions and he allowed their religions and their beliefs to mix with his own. And a great king moved far away from God. Don't allow that stuff to pull you away from God's truth. Take the time to find out about it. God wants a covenant relationship with you and with me. A covenant relationship that is close, that is intimate, that has communication. He wants us to listen to his voice and to hear him. But we can't have that relationship if we're not in agreement with him. It's just like a marriage. If two people are married, but they're constantly disagreeing about stuff, they're going to want to eventually go their separate ways. I have a family member who, um, they were married, but he had so many interests of his own and she had so many interests of her own and he would spend time with his friends and she would spend time with her friends and they were very rarely in agreement together. He wanted children and she didn't and the marriage didn't last, it couldn't because they were not in agreement. They were not holding hands and taking the same journey together. We cannot successfully walk with God if we're not in agreement with him. Noah and Enoch were in agreement. They walked with God. Noah, it says he was righteous and blameless among his people. That means he was upstanding in his community. He was different. People would see him as different to everybody else because of the life that he lived. He was known for his right living. And as Christians, we need to seek to have that same reputation as Noah and as Enoch. Are we perfect? No. Are we sinless? No. Are we in need of forgiveness? Yes. But are we seeking to live that life? 
Annie shared with me um, a picture this week that she felt was from the Lord of a plank of wood, beautifully planed, but with a big, ugly knot in it. And she felt like God was saying, we need to be removing the knots from our lives. And I've watched James work with wood, and particularly when he's working with an expensive wood like oak, and particularly when he's making something where the wood is going to be very visible, so not painted. I've watched him you know, look at it, find where the finest grain is, see where the knots of wood are. I've seen him cut the wood away, and it seems like such a waste, but he cuts those knots off so that when the wood is presented on the, the front of a wardrobe or whatever it is, it looks beautiful, unblemished, unstained. And that's what our life needs to look like, unblemished and unstained, because Jesus is calling for his church, his people, to be his unblemished bride. Ephesians 5 tells us that the reason Jesus gave his life for us was to cleanse us and to present, him, present us to himself without stain, without wrinkle, without knot. That was why he died for you and for me. Do you know, Jesus takes this very seriously. He even says to us, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, take it out. Now, I'm not in favor of taking off body parts, but he saw this as something very, very serious. We should be looking at our lives, not allowing into them those things which would lead us away from him and getting rid of those things that are stopping us from walking with him. So walking with God, we need to come into agreement with him. We also need to please God. And this is what Enoch was commended for. Um, before he was taken, he was commended one as, as one who pleased God. How did he please God? through his faith, because it says in verse six, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, number one, and number two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, I find it interesting that it says it is impossible to please God without faith. It doesn't say it's difficult. It says it is impossible. We need to have that kind of faith that pleases God, as Enoch did. What is faith? Um, verse 1 of Hebrews tells us it's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And it says there, this is what the ancients were commended for. We have the privilege of thousands of years worth of stories and testimonies and all sorts of things that have happened that we can read and we can say, excuse me, we can say, look what God did. The ancients didn't have that. They were commended for their faith that were able to trust God for those things which they could not see. Any one of us can trust this this ground to hold us up. We can see it, we can feel it, it's, it's strong, it's sturdy. We can trust the metal and the plastic and the fabric that hold you in that chair. But friends, can you trust God 
to work in your life, to change you, to work through you, to achieve the things that he has promised he will achieve in your life. Can you trust him for that? Do you know that God goes to great lengths for you? That God has gone to great lengths just for you to be seated here today, hearing his word. You know, as you know, James is away this week um, and has had the most incredible opportunity to spend time with his dad, an opportunity he hasn't had for 30 plus years. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking how sad it was that James was taken away from his dad at quite a young age, that had no contact with him for 23 years and then in the last however many years has had very little contact with him. And I was thinking, that's so sad. And then God showed me that actually, if James hadn't taken the path that he did, he may not even be a Christian today. He almost certainly would not have met me and I would be without him. We wouldn't have our children. He probably wouldn't have gone into the ministry. We wouldn't be here in Jersey today if James hadn't taken the path that he took. God went to incredible lengths to draw James in and bring him to know the Creator. And God does that for you. And he will do that for your loved ones, your family members, your friends. God goes to great lengths for us. And pleasing God is not about following rules and regulations. It's not about ticking boxes. Yes, I've, I've read my Bible this week, and I've prayed today, and yes, I've done my service in church today. It's not about ticking the boxes. It's about trusting God for what is to come, for what he has promised, for what he wants to do in our lives. Now, Noah, it says he was commended for trusting in what was unseen. Now, um, a few weeks ago, James built um, a cradle for a yacht. If you, if you go down to South Pier um, by Normans and you look, particularly at low tide, a lot of the big yachts um, have big rudders that come underneath them. So when the tide goes out, they don't settle on the ground. The smaller boats just settle on the ground. But the yachts need something to hold them. And they have these big, massive wooden structures that hold them in place. And James had the opportunity to build one of those a few weeks ago. Now it's probably two or three times my height. It's massive. It uses big, thick pieces of wood. And James spent probably three or four days working on this. And each day that he came home, he was exhausted. He was feeling a bit battered and bruised, lugging these heavy bits of wood by himself, building it, putting it together. Friends, think about Noah. Noah built a cruise liner for animals in a dry, landlocked country where he'd never seen a flood and it took him probably the best part of 75 years to build it because God spoke to him and God said build it and even though he didn't understand it 
He didn't know what a flood was. He trusted that God would do what God said would happen. And he built it. He spent a large part of his life building the ark. Noah believed God. And do you know that there is a difference between believing God and believing in God? The Bible says even the demons believe in God. They believe there is a God. But friends, do you believe God? Do you believe what he says? Do you believe his word, that truth that is always true? Do you believe God as Noah did, that he will fulfill his plan and purposes in your life? So my question to you is, do you want to be listed, like many are listed in the Bible, as someone who lived and died? Or do you want to be listed as someone who walked with God? Do you want to be different to everybody else? Now, as Christians, we're generally different to the rest of the world. But would you take that step and even be a different Christian? to live an extraordinary life, a supernatural life, walking with God. And do you know that actually God wants to walk with you? There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and Greg talked about this a couple of weeks ago, about who we should be yoking ourselves with. And friends, we need to yoke ourselves with Jesus. That's how we come into agreement with him. It says in verse 14 of chapter 6, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteous and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of God. Now I'm not saying don't be friends with unbelievers. We need to be friends with unbelievers. But our most intimate relationships, the people that we listen to, need to be in agreement with God. And then it says, for God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. God has promised to walk with us and live with us and be our God. And Paul here is quoting a scripture from Leviticus 26. And if you turn over to Leviticus 26, you'll see that the, the heading of that chapter is reward for obedience. And it's a chapter about Israel. And if they would just obey God, their reward will be God walking with them. God having that intimate relationship with them. God being with them. Friends, the crux of the matter here is about obedience. In order to be in agreement with God, in order to please God, we need to be obedient to what he says to us, like Noah was. Without any idea of what was to come, he obeyed God. Now, you will remember the story in uh, 1 Samuel 15, 
where God instructs King Saul through the prophet Samuel to fight the Amalekites. Um, and they go into battle and God gave an instruction that the Amalekites should be completely destroyed, that nothing should be saved. But Saul, in his own wisdom, hung, hung on to some of the best livestock. And when Samuel eventually came back to see what had happened, Saul greets him and says, Oh Samuel, so lovely to see you. I have obeyed every word that the Lord said. And Samuel says to him, If that's true, why can I hear sheep bleating? Why can I hear cows mooing? And Saul says, oh no, we just kept a few of the choicest animals so that we can offer sacrifices to God. And Samuel says to him, do you not know that obedience is better than sacrifice? God wants our obedience first and foremost. It's far better than any sacrifice that we can give him or any sacrifice that we think we give him. Oh God, I work so hard for you. Oh God, I get up so early on a Sunday morning to be here and work and do things. Oh God, I'm helping these people do this and I'm giving my money and I'm, I'm doing. Those are all sacrifices. But God, above all of that, wants your obedience to his word. That is the crux of the matter. And the most special picture, I think, of God walking with his people is in John chapter 10, where he talks about being the good shepherd, where it talks about him being at the gate to protect the sheep and not allow any predators in. It talks about the shepherd going out and looking for that one lost sheep and bringing him back into the fold. And go home today and read John chapter 10. It is so special. And Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. He says, my sheep follow me because they know my voice. He says, my sheep don't follow strangers because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. In fact, they will run away from a stranger, but they will follow me. That's how you truly know that you are walking with God. If you are hearing his voice, you are a sheep of the shepherd. You are in his flock. Friends, do you know the shepherd's voice? Are you listening for him? Are you listening to him? Will you come into agreement with his word? Will you strive to have a faith that pleases him? He wants to walk with you. Will you accept his invitation and walk with him? Lord, thank you that you are the good, good shepherd, that you lead us, that you guide us, that you are constantly talking to us. And Father, I pray today that we would make the decision to not just live our lives and die, but Lord, to come into agreement with you in our faith and in our obedience to please you and walk with you. Thank you for your invitation. We accept you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.